0: This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good afternoon. Farm News here on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick, along with Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman. Grand Forks-based National Weather Service forecaster Jacob Spender says the winter storm system in this region is, rather than a rain-snow line,
2: This time we're looking at a kind of a freezing rain line and a rain line. And that's actually extending all the way up from Rose Oak County all the way through western Cass County into Sargent and ransom County. Anything to the west of that, we're seeing that freezing rain start to accumulate even further. And to the east of that, we're seeing more just plain rainfall. We've seen ice accumulations up to a half an inch and even higher amounts in some areas down in Barnes, Ransom Sergeant, and also Western Cass County as well, um, from the past 24 hours.
1: The issues from the storm are not limited to travel. It's
2: bringing those thinking power lines, it's bringing trees down, branches. And then as we're getting into the evening hours, we'll start to see it kind of push slowly toward the east. It will start shifting the entire system out into the Great Lakes region even further, as we're getting into overnight hours tonight and into tomorrow. Now, there will be lingering impacts due to travel concerns with slick travel conditions, but any kind of impacts from the weather itself, that should be shifting off out of the area as early as this evening in the western portions of our area, and then overnight tonight should get out of the eastern North Dakota and northwest Minnesota area.
1: Northeastern South Dakota has suspended its ice storm warning as temperatures have warmed in that area. The areas farther west are seeing blizzard conditions.
3: Wheat markets are getting a boost from the latest round of fighting in the Black Sea. A Russian naval ship in Crimea was damaged by an airstrike by Ukrainian forces. Two Ukrainian fighter jets were also destroyed during the attack. While the wheat market is being influenced by this news, it has not impacted corn and soybean prices.
4: Volume is typically thin during this week between Christmas and New Year's Day. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson expects a sideways trade for much of the week.
5: I think so. I mean, we kind of saw that on Thursday and Friday of last week where the market just couldn't seem to get any traction. I think we're going to kind of see that go into play again. (laughs) We might see towards the end of the week. Some uh, positioning as year-end positioning takes place, but that's about it.
1: Rainfall was limited across Brazil during the holiday weekend. The outlook is better with rain expected to develop this weekend and into next week across center-west and northeastern Brazil. Argentina received heavy rains over the past two days, with rainfall up t- half to five inches reported. Temps are expected to be warmer than usual this week.
3: What a difference a year makes. That's very obvious to Ag-centric Executive Director Keith Olander as we close out this year's books.
5: Interesting, yeah, if we look at just year over year, last year it was tax planning to no end and what are we going to do with the profitability and how do we manage that. Uh, this year we're certainly going to see that reduction in income. I think you know USDA is looking at 15% down or so and we see that.
3: 2023 will generally be an average year for grain farmers. The annual agriculture sector is taking a bigger hit.
5: But then as we think our bigger obstacle is what is 2024 and how do you cash flow it? Because at this point the markets aren't really providing opportunity. Uh, you factor in additional interests, land, rents, rates, whatever, is that cost is high. We aren't seeing machinery back off a lot. There's a little bit. Um, so... Kind of what you see in some of the reductions maybe on fuel or fertilizer we're having to pick up maybe on land. Interest is a factor now that hasn't been there for a number of years. So it's not easy trying to develop a cash flow that's positive for 24.
4: Ethanol had a great 2023, an already strong 2022, according to Renewable Fuels Association President and CEO Jeff Cooper. Cooper says that ethanol consumption in 2023 is at its highest since 2020 or 2019 possibly ever.
0: We really saw a very healthy supply demand balance throughout the year um you know we had a situation where domestic demand was was bouncing back and and we saw uh, stronger overall gasoline consumption this year and and stronger uh, levels of, of ethanol blending and and continued advancement in higher blends like e15 and e85 and at the same time we saw some growth in the export market so overall we expect you know ethanol consumption in 2023 to probably be the highest since uh, 2019 maybe maybe the second or third highest ever uh, in the history of the industry.
4: Cooper says despite these record years, the industry is still recovering from the impacts of the pandemic.
0: We have continued to to rebound from the impacts of COVID, which had a very long tail and a very long lasting impact on the fuel market. And and, and in fact, you know, impacts we're still seeing today. We 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 have not recovered uh fully to pre COVID levels of of driving and, and fuel consumption uh, overall, but but ethanol continues to gain a larger and larger share of the gasoline pool. It's been great news for the industry. And I think uh, 2023 is going to go down as a great year.
1: Looking back at the 2023 growing season, NDSU Extension soybean pathologist Wade Webster saw plenty of soybean diseases.
5: Because of how hot and dry it was this season, intermittently we did see a lot of soybean cyst nematode developing, um, especially in the eastern portion of the state. Uh, we did Very, very high levels are coming back from our SEM sampling program so far, in which I believe over 50% of the samples are coming back positive, which is, it's, it's high.
1: Charcoal rot and white mold were some of the other prominent diseases. Webster says the mild winter is also a bit of a concern.
5: With that, there may be pathogens that are able to survive better than what they would be if we had a more harsh winter um this is what we had last year and previous years as well so um, there could be potential issues uh you know some some foliar diseases um, as well as some of these soil borne diseases that that could become bigger issues next year because like of this mild winter that we're in.
3: Corn rootworm pressure is becoming a bigger issue in northern areas. CHS regional product specialist Tim Swanson encourages farmers to get in front of that issue in the year ahead.
6: Yeah, I think first and foremost, we're going to be traits. Uh, uh, that's going to be our biggest thing. Make sure we got the right traits on the seed uh, that are going to fight that off and at least hold it at bay. Um, and, and it is. It's moving hard and it's moving fast. And, and unfortunately, the mild winters aren't, aren't helping that any. So-
3: Farm input costs have come down slightly. Swanson says it is still important to talk to the local retailer to lock in seed and crop protection products.
6: Uh, yeah, I would say we're seeing a, a pretty big shift. The growers buying earlier, starting to layer things in, really just try to take out some of that chaos. Uh, of the highs and lows that they've dealt with, and just start managing a little, uh, managing in a different way. I think.
4: Lake Region livestock owner Chris Plummer says while cattle markets have backed off some from late summer highs, he expects a strong year to come. Oh, well, 2023
6: was definitely a year of uh, of forwarder momentum, I guess. Right from the right from the word start on January one, uh, every sale that kind of went along, the market got a little better and better and. kind of hit that uh, kind of hit that high mid to late summer and since then i guess it's kind of softened a bit but uh the fundamentals are still there for for a good start to 2024.
4: Plummer says there's one lesson to take from 2023 and keep an eye out for in 2024.
6: Obviously, we saw we saw a spot in the market mid to late summer that maybe we should have been taking advantage of, uh, whether it be through some hedges or through through some LRP. I mean, realistically, there was probably way more room for that market to go down than go up, and and uh, maybe we should have looked at that a little closer.
1: Well, feeder cattle markets have backed off some in recent months. K-Rose company owner Carolyn Rose has seen strong production sale prices holding through the fall and expects a strong replacement and seed stock market through the spring if the weather cooperates.
7: I have seen a lot of sales that have been really strong this fall and so that's always a good indicator. In Montana in particular, we see a lot of the big names kind of have fall sales um, and they all showed really promising results even up from last year and I think we'll see that um, throughout the spring. We have to get some more cattle into production. And I think some of that's going to depend on the weather. Of course, we have interest rates that's playing a factor. And I just think the seed stock business is going to be strong this spring. And there is going to be a demand for females, especially if it starts to rain in some locations.
1: Rose has seen fewer bulls hit the seed stock market so far this season.
7: Some of that's drought-related, some of that's stocking situations, but I think that's a good sign. When prices get high, sometimes we see too many bulls that should be steers, and so I just want people to be cautious of that. Whether you're buying or you're selling, you know, you need to cut the bulls that needed to be steers, and we shouldn't be buying bulls that needed to be steers just because... You know the market's a little bit higher and those might be on the lower end like let's keep to our integrity and keep the bulls that should be bulls in the market and let's not risk you know that genetic pool to to keep something a bull that should be a steer
3: basf is launching 25 new products and label extensions in 2024 and 25. basf marketing director brady spangenberg credits an investment in research and development
5: a globally uh, BASF spent um, a little over a billion dollars in R&D in 22 and have maintained that level in, in, into 2023.
3: As BASF develops new products, Spangenberg said a few questions are being asked.
5: What types of qualities in a, in a product are you looking for to meet the, the changing climatic conditions? So you're looking for products that help, um, you know, that activate quicker or activate with less rainfall. You're looking for products with more systemic activity so um, you're not having to go back and retreat if you didn't get the right amount of contact uh, on the lease. You're, you're looking for products that um, have more flexibility uh, across crops and crop systems.
3: Glufosinate has been around for 20 plus years. Liberty Ultra herbicide is being described as the first evolution of that chemistry. It has two active isomers in the jug, providing broad-spectrum weed control with a lower use rate.
4: Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A new biological has been registered for corn rootworm control. MVAC Green Solutions Marketing Manager Ted Walter says this is groundbreaking rootworm control. That's
6: really a new solution, so it's an EPA registered bioinsecticide for corn rootworm control in the planter box. So it was really a, a first of its technology to be offered in the planter box. And, and what it does is it provides season long uh, control for corn rootworm. And it does that uh, through um, biological activity. So acting activating different uh, pathways within the corn plant to um, mitigate corn rootworm feeding. And that, that improves harvestability as well as reducing lodging.
4: Field trials show substantial benefits.
6: And from the field trial results from 2023, we're seeing a yield advantage anywhere ranging from six bushels all the way up to uh, 15 bushels. And there's uh, flexibility. So there's we have 180-day on-seed stability. So it gives growers up to six months to apply it um, prior to planting. U.S. and Mexican officials
1: will be meeting tomorrow in Mexico City to discuss the border crisis. The U.S. shut down two rail crossings last week due to the influx of undocumented migrants. After complaints from farm groups, that rail traffic resumed on Friday afternoon. Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat 15 higher for the March contract at 729. Chicago wheat for March 19 and three-quarter higher, and hard red winter wheat 20 and a quarter higher. March corn, a gain of six and a half, 479 and January soybeans, 12 and a quarter higher, 13.12 is the quote. Canola futures, January 6.45, 20, 280 Canadian higher. The live cattle futures, February 182 higher, one hundred seventy thirty-five. January feeder cattle, 107 higher. Uh, it's in at 223.82. The hogs, they're uh, trading lower on $2.30 for February. hurt by Friday's Hogs and Pigs report in at $6,902. And the Dow right now up by 138 points. Quick note from the calendar, the Lake Region Extension Roundup coming up next week, next Tuesday, Wednesday. That will be held, of course, in Devil's Lake. Stay safe out there. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.